what I've discovered is, is the quickest way to find the resonant frequency, if you will, of those that can actually add that value to your life or be part of that journey is to do something very unique, which is to focus more on your aspirational identity than your current reality. Okay. So if you focus more on your aspirational identity than your current reality, what will happen is, is you'll create an emotional tie to the new you rather than the current you. And because of that, essentially what happens is your emotional congruency ends up lining directly up with your aspirational identity. Therefore, you become the thing that you really, you really forecast for. And the reality is, is that is for you. You know, they call it personal and professional development for reasons because it's deeply personal, right? So rather than looking for people to believe in your dream and to believe in the new you, just go become the new you and everybody else will follow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flow Over Fear. Thank you so much for being here. I have a great guest today, and I'm really, really excited about this one. Uh, My guest today is the one and only Stephen Scoggins. And after overcoming homelessness, Stephen Scoggins became an award-winning, successful, serial, nine-figure entrepreneur. That's right, nine figures of multiple businesses, a highly sought-after international speaker. He's the host of the hit podcast, Unstoppable, uh, and founder of Scoggins International, a national home for media, events, and empowering education. And as part of that endeavor, uh, Stephen has taken over 30 years of setbacks, failures, breakdowns, losses, successes, and comebacks, and transparently uses them to provide simple yet effective step-by-step exercises to help entrepreneurs, leaders, and achievers become unstoppable in all they do. And his insights have been have been featured in NBC, CBS, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Magazine, and many, many other notable outlets. You can learn more about Stephen at stephenscoggins.com. Thank you for joining me today, Stephen. This is great to have you here. Anytime I get to hang out with my brother, I'm good. It's like, you know, it's like super easy for me. Thank you for the kudos, by the way. It's uh, it's always a very warm introduction. I'm super grateful. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's it's no, it's it's honestly my honor. I I've had the pleasure of being on your podcast as well, Unstoppable, which is a great great show. It's one of my favorites. Uh-huh. And after this episode, yeah, please check that out. And um, and yeah, I recently had the opportunity to speak on your stage in uh, at uh, in and uh, what'd North you Carolina. What you think? I loved it. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, so so Stephen uh, and his team, which they were amazing. They 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 did our, my demo reel as well as a few others, and uh, and it turned out incredible. I mean, I could have asked for anything better. Uh, so I just wanted to give you kudos on that and and um, and and start there because. You've come a long way from where you started, my friend. <laughs> Your story yeah, is amazing. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's been a minute for sure. Right. So can you tell us, can, can we just start from the beginning? Because uh, that's always the best place to start, you know, yeah. from where you were as a kid. I know you went through some challenging times then. Sure. Can you share a little bit about that and, and, and how that yeah, shaped you? Yeah, I'll share you? about it really brief, only because I've, it's, it's a topic that I've covered a, a lot on a variety of podcasts, and there's lots of um, content there. But I've, in, in short... I think I struggle with a lot of things a lot of people struggle with nowadays. And I think it's growing up in an environment where there's enough toxicity 
that prevents you from living the life you were meant to live. Instead, you're living the life that other people tell you you have to live or you <laughs> should live. And I've discovered that the discovery process is more important than the living process. You know, so yes, I, up, I was homeless for a time. That was had a lot to do with my own mindset, uh, pride and arrogance. I was very fortunate that I didn't get in, involved in drugs and alcohol to because that would have made it more complex and probably made it more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I stayed there um, because I was refusing to get help. Mm-hmm. I absolutely refused to, to to surrender and let people know I was in in, in not in a good place. Um, I didn't want people to know that the the guy that had made a bunch of money the year earlier um, wasn't that guy kind of thing. So it was, I was more focused on the appearance of doing well rather than actually doing well. And I find that a lot of us nowadays actually are stuck there, especially yeah. in the world of social media and all kinds of stuff. It's like you, you see everybody's highlight reel, right? But what you rarely see is like what's really going on behind the scenes. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like that in order to get true transformation, you have to be truly transparent with yourself and be radically honest. You know, mm-hmm. so yes, I grew up in a broken home, a father alcoholic, um, a mother struggled with some mental, dis- mental, what seemed to be mental illness, raised by my grandmother, went through a, you know, very uh, difficult childhood, I guess the best way to say it. But I also realized I'm, that's not uncommon anymore, right? The, right. The, the environment that I grew up in happens to a lot of people. Um, I think the only core differences is I decided not to stay there. Yeah. I decided yeah. to take some steps to kind of get out of that situation. But that, that's a powerful, I think that's an important thing too, because you mentioned that you're not the, you know, that, that that's very common now. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are coming out about that. But I know yeah. that for, from the experience from a lot of people who experienced some of those things, and I didn't have a, a troubled childhood, but I did have a lot of uh, an anxiety disorder growing up. And I thought mm-hmm. I was alone. So yeah. I know that people feel like they're alone. So, I mean, the, po- the power of vulnerability is helpful in, 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 um, in helping other people at least to maybe come out on that yeah. step and know that they're not alone. Do, are well, you finding that too? Is dangerous. Yeah. Just in general. And I think one of the greatest deceptions on the planet is the fact that you are alone when so many people struggle with the same things. Sure. Uh, most of us struggle with imposter syndrome to some degree. Um, most of us struggle with self-worth to some degree. Most of us struggle with the fear of the unknown or not being able to kind of like really articulate kind of, you know, the next step of the, of what's next. Uh, most of us don't really have a clue about where we're heading or, or understand the process to help us understand, um, how to actually discover those things for yourself. Cause there is a process of discovery, uh, mm-hmm. that's very helpful. You know, so I find that a lot of us struggle with a lot of the same things, but because we don't talk about it or we don't share it with people, um, that, that can actually help us, we put ourselves in a bad situation. I find that most of us, unfortunately, tend to share that type of information with the wrong person or the wrong people, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you so, can you kind of expand on that part a little bit? Like, why, why are we why are we so reluctant to to lean into the communities of support that will help, and and maybe leaning into the wrong communities? Why why are we doing that? I think it's well. I think it's a, a threefold. So if I look at my life and I and I kind mm-hmm. of go backwards, uh, the first impact that I find is that most of us. Because we've had experiences sharing our dreams or ambition and then being crushed by people that we know, like, and trust, yeah. um, we're scared to say it again, or we're scared to say, hey, this is my new thing. So that's that's one. Um, number two is a lot of times we don't want to let the the people that we know, like, and trust down. So mm-hmm. we want, you know, my, my, my father said this, and I've, I've said it on a few other shows, but he's, it, just, it just stuck with me for the longest time because it was a the biggest um, mind mess that I, that I had to overcome, which was Scoggins don't get ahead, they get by. Yeah. 
right? His experiences up until that point basically said, I can try as much as I want, but I'm not going to gain any ground. But he wasn't taking accountability for the decisions he was making. You see what I'm saying? Whereas for me, I had, I was very fortunate to have a mentor. He's like, do you want to learn to think like me or to continue thinking like your dad? Right. Right. Not everybody has that, which is another reason why I'm trying so hard to be Steve Mark, who was my first mentor. Um, Steve Mark to as many people as possible. Right. Yeah. Um, The third thing is, is I feel like because we can't articulate our dreams, um, we don't do a good job of expressing them. And as a result, because we're not able to express them, we're not able to find the resources to help us express them. So, for example, I would not have known in the moment to have to express my dreams and ambitions to Steve Meyer until after that had been a new level of trust and, um, I guess, reciprocation kind of built. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've discovered is, is the quickest way to find the resonant frequency, if you will, of those that can actually add that value to your life uh, or be part of that journey is to do something very unique, which is to focus more on your aspirational identity than your current reality. Okay, so if you focus yeah. more on your aspirational identity than your current reality, what will happen is, is you'll create an emotional tie to the new you rather than the current you. And because of that, essentially what happens is, is your emotional um, your emotional congruency ends up lining directly up with your aspirational identity. Therefore, you become the thing that you really, you really forecast for. And the reality is, is that is for you. You know, they mm-hmm. call it personal and professional development for reasons because it's deeply personal. Right. So rather than looking for people to believe in your dream and to believe in the new you, just go become the new you and everybody else will follow. Yeah. I, I know it sounds cheesier than not, but that's it's exactly how it works. Well, that, it's it, it is. I mean, it, it I, I know from experience that works and it's counterintuitive, but it's it's so hard to implement that. You know, it's so hard to like get out of. I know Dan mm-hmm. Sullivan, he calls it the gap in the gain. Right. You know, yeah. you're looking at where you want to you want to end up and, but how, what kind of tools or what kind of, do you have any exercises or anything like that that yeah. people can get into to help them look more at that? Yeah. Their so future self? there's, a, I think there's three that I use every single day. Uh, yeah. One is the importance and the focus on a routine. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of get up and do the same thing routinely almost every day. Uh, I get up around five, five thirty every single day. Um, I will spend time in prayer and meditation myself personally. Um, that happens before I get up and do my bathroom break and kind of get myself together. And then I will typically right. do a personal development skill, uh, on the way to the gym and while I'm at the gym. So I'll, I'll focus on, uh, one area of life every single day. So Mondays is financial, Tuesdays is spiritual, Wednesdays is emotional, right? And I kind of do, I break it up so I can, I can get balance. But even going back to that routine, the second thing that I do is I have repeated mantras that I say to myself in conjunction with the prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, meditation is hearing and praying is saying. So praying is asking, requesting, or validating, or gratitude, or, or things that you're expressing. You're expressing outward, where meditating is you're, you're internalizing inward, right? Yeah, yeah. My internalizing inward is a very, very simple mantra. I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am wise, and I'm a steward of the Most High. I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wise, I'm a steward of the Most High. I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wise, I'm a steward. And I was doing that before any of those things were true. Right, You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. And because I was telling myself that, or basically teaching myself that, what was happening was is I was becoming that over time. It's, it's a source of programming, yeah. right? If you're going to overwrite the programs that are already inside of you, you have to start with putting new programs in place of the old programs. 
Mm-hmm. So whereas I used to go, well, I can't do anything. I'm too short. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm now bald. Uh, you know, people won't like me. Uh, my business is going to fail or whatever. All that fear and that scarcity stuff never, ever feeds your advancement. Yeah. The only way to feed your advancement is to program yourself with stuff that's going to feed your, your future, honestly. So I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am wise. I'm a steward of the most high. It won't be it won't take root initially because you're like this is quirky this is weird but at some point in time all of a sudden it'll become a deep breath i am healthy i am wealthy i am wise i am a steward of the most high like it's it'll be it will become less programming and more dna centric it becomes part of who you are once you've got those two factors in place your routine and your core mantra of programming so to speak Then the third category is putting that programming into action. So taking a step each day to become healthier, wealthier, wiser, and a a better steward of the most high. So basically, Mm -hmm. you're taking the program and you're putting it into practice. And I find if you do those three things in that order, you will basically take a step every single day. And there's 365 days in a year as far as we know from the Gregorian calendar, okay? Right. So we take 365 steps. If I was to start right here and take a step every minute for 365 minutes, I'm going to end up halfway down the block and I won't be in front of this camera anymore. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By definition, I am no longer stuck, which is nothing more than not making progress. By definition, I'm becoming unstoppable because I'm consistently making progress. Yeah, I love that. I love I love that 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 thing because it, for its simplicity, but its mm-hmm. effectiveness. Because I know I, I feel like a lot of people maybe can get into those first two, like the morning routine mm-hmm. and, and the mantras. But the action part, for some reason, is the thing that, that, that gets people up. But those small actions, I yep. mean, yeah, we, we get so dis- – I feel like we get distracted so much by the big dreams that we might have or, or that ethereal whatever uh, cloudy vision of what we might want to be mm-hmm. that we just fail to focus on that small step that's right in front of us that yeah. we just need to take today. Well, look um, at it this way. Actions always follow beliefs. Mm-hmm. Actions always follow beliefs. You're not going to take an action that you don't believe benefits you. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if you can have a healthy mantra in place and choose to do an act of service, choose to be to have an act of wisdom, choose to have an act of handling your finances better, like just choosing the basic acts will increase your belief over time. They, they say that focus creates belief, belief creates action, action creates results, yeah. right? If you're used to going the opposite way where your results are breeding your beliefs and your act, your beliefs and your actions, you're never going to get out of your own way. Right. However, if you focus on the future you rather than the current you, your beliefs will follow it with action. So you'll begin to take actions that re incentivize the, the person you're trying to become rather than the person that you are. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I love, I love that the simplicity of that. And I know that, I mean, from, from your, your background. I mean, obviously you went through a lot of challenges growing up. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and, and all of those things, how did, how did fear show up for you when in your younger life? Cause I know you started working with your dad when you were 12. I mean, that's when you yeah. started working. Yeah. I mean, super young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how, how was, uh, I mean, so getting started in that, how was, what was, what, you know, what was your experience of fear like back then? And. Oh man, it's hard to say. So I'm like everybody else. There, yeah. there are things that, um, scare you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, the fear comes from the unknown. I've realized that most times the fear of the unknown, it never is as good as you think it's going to be or as bad as you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's always somewhere in the middle and the somewhere in the middle always creates a growth spurt. So 
over time, I basically would turn fear into more of a fortification in that it becomes a tool to help me say, right, if I, if I have a fear or I have a, a holdback or something that's kind of stalling me out, yeah. that's an opportunity for growth. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's my mind is doing the whole, the fight or flight thing. You know, it, it could be financial. It could be business. It could be relationships or whatever. What I've realized is, is if you're going to live a life worth living, then you're going to have to push past the fear to understand where that foundation comes from. Once you find the foundation, then you can uproot the root. So the fear of financial scarcity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I discovered that the fear of financial scarcity would come up with me anytime that I felt like my business was about to get hit which would then have me act out emotionally rather than logically, which is the last thing you want to do in business. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then when that, when I had results of that every so often, I would have to say, Hey, where's this coming from? And then I'd realize it came back all the way back from a teenager. Every time the lights got cut off or I had to take a cold shower because there was no power or I watched roaches cross crawl across our food or whatever. Like there's, there had been a sense of me that was always based in scarcity. Yeah. What instead, what I've done now is I, I don't expect scarcity. I don't expect failure. I don't, um, I don't create a magnetic tie to that. Instead, what I do is I try to tie it to a magnetic future. So where I want to be. Now, the first two or three times you try to put this in practice, you're going to have something that's going to go berserk. You're going to be like, well, my evidence says that, yeah, that I can trust my fear more than I can trust my faith. Mm-hmm. That's your fear actually testing you against your faith. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Right. When you do enough behaviors enough times and you choose faith over fear on a consistent basis, all of a sudden the faith will take root and the fear will dissipate over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what was your what was your trigger point to find that faith? Because it's so easy for us to, I mean, like get in that zone of like everything's going wrong or, you know, there is all the scarcity. Yeah. There's there's no path to abundance, you know, and I'm just going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because it's the discomfort I know versus the discomfort I don't yet know or that yeah. unknown. What was your trigger point to find that faith? Well, for me, it's it's a little bit interesting, you know. Yeah. All right, so I, I've gone through a few hard times in my life, okay? Sure. However, I also realized not that long ago, this is probably five years ago, that even though I'd been through hard things, the hard things made me better, and it always worked out to my benefit in the long run. Even mm-hmm. though at the time it scared the ever-loving crap out of me. I yeah. thought I was losing my business or I thought I was losing a key relationship or I thought I was losing my house or any, like any of these, these circumstances. I've learned that if I lean into what's going to be and saying, Hey, look, I'm going to hold this with an open hand, a surrender, if you will, that in the moment of surrender, that sacrifice in the surrender ends up creating the success long term. So it's like playing the long game. Um, and then when you play the long game enough times, you're able to go back and say, hey, look, I'm going through a really hard time right now, but here are all the other times that God in my face showed up. Yeah. All yeah. the other times when all of a sudden the problem got solved at the last minute or um, it became something different. I think as human beings, we have to learn that we have, still have to live our life. Yeah. Right? And your life is not over based on a single moment. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not based on, okay, well, I made a bad business decision here. It's going to cost me everything. Great. Rebuild. Right. Like there's nothing stopping you from building. Walt Disney went bankrupt eight times. You know Did what I'm saying? Really? Like, wow. Eight just times. Go after it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, it's, it, however, case in point, had Walt Disney not gone bankrupt so many times, he would have not had the financial wherewithal to actually build Walt Disney 
the entity, the what became one of the largest holding companies on the planet. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's yeah. everything leads to the thing. If you're so focused on the thing, you'll never get to the future thing. Yeah. So rather than focus on the thing, focus on the future thing. And then you'll have the future thing before you have the thing. Hey everyone, I interrupt this program to introduce you to an amazing adventure. Do you want to embrace fear and get clarity and conviction on your goals? How would you like to join me in an epic Colorado adventure where we will hike a famed 14,000-foot peak, camp under the stars, mastermind around the campfire, and build lifelong friendships? I'm partnering with Belay Expeditions to create a retreat that will not only rejuvenate your soul, but level up your life. We will get clarity on your three C's dream, create a roadmap to your dreams, and build the conviction that you need to pursue them with confidence. Join me at the top of the world, September 14th through the 17th. Visit belayexpeditions.com slash retreats and click on my pretty face to sign up. Space is limited, so sign up now. So you have this default level of optimism, it sounds like. Like you just have this, even Mm -hmm. in the midst of the significant challenges you might be going through, you have this default of optimism. Was that always something that you've had? Uh, No. No, No, it's something I had to cultivate. Yeah. In fact, I would dare say that most of us were optimistic for others, but we're pessimistic with ourselves, mm. right? So it's hard. It's easier for us to believe something can is possible for somebody else, but it's not easy to believe it's possible for us. And as a result, you have to cultivate that mindset over time. And again, I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am wise. I'm a steward yeah. of the most high. That's where that programming comes into play because – at some point in time, that new mindset is going to take root. And the longer you focus on it, it's going to have a compounding effect, right? right. So the first couple of times you say something like that to yourself, it's going to seem, it's going to feel silly. After doing it a month, it's going to feel like part of you. After that, it's going to feel like a compounding effect of you. And lo and behold, within, within a 12 month time frame, all of a sudden you're living that exact life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah like absolutely. It, you've got to get out of, this is where I think people um, have to get out of their own way, right? And we all have different levels right? I'm yeah. in the process of another level of still getting out of my own way. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Right, right. Yeah. But I'm further along 20 years from 20 years from ago to 20 years now, right? I'm, I'm further along because of the mindset shifts, right? Um, someone who doesn't believe that they can earn eight or nine figures will never earn eight or nine figures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. how did I learn to believe that I can earn eight or nine figures? Well, first of all, I had to believe that I can earn a thousand dollars then $10,000, then $100,000. And over time, your belief is increased with every limited success that you have, especially if that limited success has come at the end of a sacrifice or a, mm-hmm. a, sacri- uh, a suffering sacrifice, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you, uh, now, and, and that's, that's really helpful because I know a lot of us get trapped in that. This is the moment I'm in right now. And so mm-hmm. this is my life for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to so many people on this on this show that have experienced those moments of like, well, I lost $100,000 or I went this much into debt or I lost this part of myself or I had and, – and, but they've overcome it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've had those moments of just like transformation and the pendulum swung. Mm-hmm. So when the pendulum swung for you, I know that, you know, you went through a time where you, you – you did, you were doing really well for a while early in your life and then you, Mm -hmm. you lost it all. And then you got in, I think at that time you were homeless. Right. And so that was more of that dark time where you could probably not envision yourself as a nine figure entrepreneur. Not even close. (laughs) Yeah, not even close. But I will say this. Um, I have learned that the quicker you can accept, you can separate your identity from your outcomes 
the quicker your outcomes come to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, a great example is I was, um, and I stumbled across this TV show on Netflix recently. It's about Conor McGregor. Obviously he's one of those, one of the most profound MMA fighters that ever, I guess, been there. Yeah. Um, Conor would always, he would obviously have a string of wins. He had a handful of losses, but when he, when he would lose, it would really, really affect him like for mm-hmm. a while. Connor had the one thing that I think everybody has to cultivate. And it's that moment where this doesn't define me. This is a moment in time that's going to refine me. Mm. Right. Wow. So if you let a moment in time define you, then you're not going to be refine it for the lesson that is hidden in it. Um, you'll, you'll watch if you look at if a Connor's career over the course of, uh, gosh, it's probably 15 or 20 years now as an MMA fighter, mm-hmm. he's become more mature, even though he's just as gritty. Right. Yeah. He, he went from a time of being super soft to super hard and back and forth again. And now he's learning the, the balance of being hard, hard and soft. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would say he's actually learning the essence of flow. Yeah. Right. Because, right. Because again, he's, he doesn't let the loss define him. I lose $100,000. I will be honest with the audience. I've lost millions of dollars on bad decisions, mm-hmm. just being straight up. What I decided to do is not let that define me, even though in the moment it would have much, it would have been far easier to say, this is who I am. I failed. I'm a failure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The reality is, is no one is a failure. You just had a failure on a simple instance. But if you, the only way you stay there is if you stay down. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't right. know a single person yet that has made it to the eight, nine figures, even 10 figure category that hasn't gone through repeated repeated issues of failure, success, failure, success, failure, success. And the most mature people that I know on the planet that are actually happy and healthy and whole don't tie their identity to their things. They tie their identity to be, to the, to the essence of becoming mm-hmm. like, who are you becoming? Because nobody can take that stuff away from you. You, you, I can't take all the work that you've already done on yourself. Right. right. I can't take that away. I've never been, no one can take that away from you. Right. That's the one thing that you can't lose. You can't right. lose who you become. You can, you can lose stuff. You can lose relationships. You can use, you can lose businesses or whatever, but you're not going to lose the essence of the wisdom that you develop over time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those that, uh, a lot of, uh, friends of mine that I've worked with, um, that used to struggle with anxiety, they would struggle with anxiety because they were always trying to control the outcome. Yeah. Right. Oh, if that's you're trying to control bomb, yeah. something you can't control, it's right. going to create tension. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's tension that you don't need. So that's why I'm saying when, when it comes down to it, if you're going to create a new you, you're going to have to surrender to the aspirational identity hidden inside of you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, and uh, speaking as someone who has anxiety and lives with it and experiences it every day, that is a truth bomb right there. I mean, we are tr- trying to control outcomes, mm-hmm. and it's just this obsessive nature. And, and, um, and yeah, the, the idea of letting go of that, letting go of the outcomes, I love the way you put it, separate your identity from your outcomes. And I think your last part was your outcomes will start to come to you. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so beautiful. Um, and, um, and not, not always easy. So, you know, obviously we're going to fail and failure can, can be a path to success if we have the right relationship with it. Mm -hmm. How, how should we be? how should we build a relationship with failure? Because we don't want to fail, but we need to in some respects. It needs to be a friend. It needs to be a friend. Okay. It needs to be a friend. I mean, it's it's simple. Um, I've made numerous mistakes in business. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that people pay attention to is obviously the stuff, the success that comes with it or whatever. Yeah. I know the real story. Um, if you were to go to stephenscoggins.com right now and go to the about page, you're going to see this little segment says, this is what everybody says. 
this is the real story. 1994 high school dropout. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I do that intentionally because everybody has a story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Everybody's got the essence of mistakes and heartache and things that didn't work out sometimes because of their, because of their choices, other times because of the choices of other people. Rather than repel against it, I would rather surrender to it and say, what can I learn from the process? Right. Uh, Victor Frankel had a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Such and one of, the, one of the things that I love that he said, he said, all suffering ceases to exist once suffering has its meaning. Mm-hmm. The only way suffering gets its meaning is by the learning, right? So what did I learn from this experience? Well, this relationship crushed me. I had this, you know, this broken heart, this, this crushed me. Okay, what happened? Well, I gave too much of myself to this, to this category. Or um, I didn't know my self-worth. I was a people pleaser. Like all these different things, they're designed to be tea leaves to give you insights into yourself. Um, I'm a big believer that part of our existence here on this planet is to refine the soul that happens to operate within the body, mm-hmm. right? You refine the soul by challenges, not by success. You see what I'm saying? Right, yeah. To me, success is a byproduct of refining yourself over time. So if you're pushing against it all the time, you're trying to stay out of pain, you're trying to stay out of discomfort, you're trying to stay out of arm's reach of that stuff, then you're actually doing yourself a disservice and you're probably holding yourself back five or 10 years of where you could be if you just said, okay, I'm in the moment, the moment doesn't feel good, but I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay, I'm gonna get through this, I'm looking, where, where are my hidden tea leaves, where are my hidden things? Okay, I learned this, I learned that, I learned that. Oh, that, that taught me about not to, not to build relationships with that type of person, or this taught me not to make this, this financial decision anymore. It's the repelling of adversity that holds most people back. Not the fact that they're not capable of success. They're just Mm -hmm. not willing to put in the work and the effort to get through it, to get to it. Yeah. So that's so, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad you say that because, you know, a lot of what, what I try and share on this show is the idea that we are constantly distracting ourselves by fighting fear and that's where we're getting in trouble. And and if we can just let that go and start to embrace it, we can look at it as the signal for where we have an opportunity to grow. And, uh, and I will tell you that that, and it sounds like this has been true for you, but the biggest shift in my life came when I started to do that. I mean, just like leveling up what realizing that uncomfortable situations are going to happen Mm -hmm. and just, you know, learning from those experiences and continuing to grow. It is not easy, but I yeah. mean, it's, it's worth it. <laughs> you know, it's really um, wild. And uh, I hope this, I hope your audience gets to, gets to spend some one-on-one time with you. Yeah. Um, as someone who professes that they struggle with anxiety on a daily basis, when you're in your presence, you sense peace. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Which is, Thank which you. is totally nuts to me. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would, I would challenge anyone that says I struggle with anxiety mm-hmm. on a regular basis to stop telling yourself that instead. Yeah. Hey, I'm worth I'm working through, I'm, I'm learning lessons from this circumstance, like reframe that entire thing. And much like the earlier mantra that I mentioned before, reframe mm-hmm. it where the mantra overtakes the existing programming. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause if you wake up and you're thinking, and you identify with, I struggle with anxiety or I struggle with bipolar, I struggle with this, I struggle with that. Then you're going to have less hope that it can be conquered. Mm-hmm. That's a, oh, that's a great point. And thank you for, thank you for that feedback because I do do that. I mean, my default is like, I feel awkward when I talk to people because I feel the sense that all of my life I've told myself that I have social anxiety. But mm-hmm. I also know from experience that, you know, in, 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 in you know, working with people like you and, and being around other people that, 
you know, that I do have a, you know, hopefully a, a connective personality. So, oh, absolutely. so I should tell that, you know, story. So I, I, I'm very grateful yeah, for that it, feedback. I would tell you that you don't come across as socially awkward <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. You come across oh. as a very genuine human being who's actually got a commitment to serve. Um, and that's whether <laughs> you're on stage or that's whether you're hanging out at a private dinner or whether we're actually hanging out as a group of speakers or you're meeting with the audience or um, yeah. I've had the pleasure and the benefit of watching you operate in those moments where maybe you felt like they were uncomfortable, but they, everybody else around you was, was vibing with you and, and learning from you, mm-hmm. right? Making right. sure that they had the aspirations to become more of what they see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the beauty of leveling up. And I mean, I think you're bringing up a gr- another great point here is, is right now I'm having a conversation with an amazing human being that I've had the fortune of meeting because, you know, we put in, we put ourselves in communities that mm-hmm. allow ourselves to connect like this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a huge power because, uh, you know, that, that helps us to lift each other up. That's right. And I know that was something that you learned, you know, through your mentor, Steve Merrick, uh, Myrick, 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 Myrick sorry. Yeah. 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 And, um, and how, so what, what, what was that, uh, what was that relationship like? How did you, how did you get into it? How did you have the courage or, or, or take the steps to, start to learn from that mentor and, and change your life for the better. Cause I'm sure that's one of the ways that you leveled up your life. Well, first of all, there's an old adage that says when you're ready, the mentor will show itself or will become and will be in front of you or something along those lines. Yeah. I would say in my case specifically, I had undiscovered untapped potential that my mentor happened to see in me. He didn't want me to live the life that my father had lived. Mm-hmm. And so therefore he interjected himself into my life in such a way that out offered value to my life. Now, I will tell you, I'm sure I drove him crazy because not everything <laughs> that he told me that I do right away. In fact, it wasn't until I became homeless that I actually had a that I actually was like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Like, I've had this kind of this kind of level of direct mentorship from somebody I admire and trust, and I'm not doing anything with any of the skills that he taught me. <clears throat> and I say that because. Most mentors are looking for someone they can mentor, mm-hmm. to be honest, okay? Right. Most of us aren't open-minded to mentors because we're too stuck in who we are. We're too focused on it. We're basically in our own way. Um, as a result, one of the things that you're going to discover is all mentors, and this ends up being a life truth. It doesn't matter who says it because a lot of people have said it a lot of different ways now. Most mentors, reason they gravitate towards a mentee is because the mentee reminds me reminds them of themselves at the same time and duration in life. Yeah, um, I learned that. Um, so when I wrote my first book, this is like 2014. Um, Steve Meyer had passed away. His 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 uh, widow was still alive, and um, I'd hired a ghostwriter to help me go and validate because my story. If you like read it on, in a in a book or on paper, it's like there's no way this guy lived this this life. Yeah. Like it's like Forrest Gump or Joseph from the Bible. There's like, there's no way. And so I had right. to do a major fact check. So I hired this, this guy and I said, he's like, well, I'm gonna go talk to, you know, to these different people. One of them happened to be his widow. And I said, will you do me a favor? Will you please ask her why he helped me? Mm-hmm. Like when I say help me, like much like Jesus chasing after the one sheep, like this guy pursued me. Yeah. Like even though I, even though after, even after I basically said, I don't want your help or I don't value your help or you know, that kind of thing. He kept pursuing me over time. And as a result, he goes and meets with her. And of course, he gets the backstory about a lot of different things. And I said, well, did you ask her about why Steve helped me? And she said, mm-hmm. he says, actually, I did. So what'd she say? She said, all he said was that he saw himself in you. <laughs> wow. Right. So 
I say all that to say that if you're not open to the possibility of a new future, the new future will never find you. If you open yourself up to the opportunity for a new future, then inevitably what actually happens is you will start to encircle yourself around people who are already where you want to be and beyond. You mentioned that group that um, a couple, there's a couple of different groups that we run in different circles with. All of them share one core value. We all want to serve people at scale. Yeah. We all want to take whatever we've experienced and we want to package it up and give it back to the world in a way it benefits the world. Okay. That's one common shared value. The other thing too, is that we're all much more selective about the circles that we're in. So the circles that I'm in, they have to be at my level or above for me to invest significant time, energy, and talent resources in those categories, unless I'm teaching. Yeah. And the reason I do that is because I've realized over time that if I don't encircle myself with people who are like-minded and heading down the same trajectory or a version of the same trajectory, I'm going to get off track. You know, I think one of the falsehoods of life is us believing that we're somehow a savior and we can somehow come in here and just save the world when we're, you know, we're one of, we're one people in six. Yeah. And all the all the other five people are knuckleheads and they're doing stupid stuff and they're and they're off they're you know they're not on our track at all and we feel like we can go and influence them and it doesn't take but three or six months and they've influenced us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. And I th- I think one of the one of the great things that you've uh, that you kind of pointed out there subtly was that was that when when those mentors are actually even even looking at us for uh, you know to be a mentee or or to their people to be men they see themselves in them which mm-hmm. means that that at one point in time. They yes. were struggling through the same thing, and now they're That's successful. Right. That's, That's the beautiful right. thing. I mean, if 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 uh, I mean that is that is such a God thing right there. I mean, mm-hmm. such a such a beautiful faith thing. And now you're at a point in your life. I mean, I know that we can go on for hours, and 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 I want to be you know respectful of your time, but um, but I know that your you know your goal now is obviously you're helping people out. You're at that place in your life where you've mm-hmm. built your businesses, you built successful. Um, you know, businesses and you're building these brands and you're starting to help people. Is that where your uh, vision lies now is, is how you can better serve? How, how, how is that showing up in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's a natural evolution of someone who redefines who they are, right? So there's a, there's a, there's a process of taking inventory. This is who I am. There's a process of setting a goal or an expectation. This is who I want to become. Mm-hmm. Then there's the action steps of doing the work that that it takes, and some of it's very painful, to be honest. Like to really look and look in your openly look in your closets, in your shadows, in your skeletons, and where did this come from? Where did that come from? Is this serving me? Is this not serving me? Yeah. Get rid of this. These people don't. These people over here don't need to be in my life, and all these kinds of things. Um, the next evolution of the process is a level of mastery. In fact, I used to have a, a piece of content that I used to teach. I used to call it the seven levels of life mastery. Mm-hmm. Um, level one is awareness. Um, level two is actually, uh, basically taking action on that awareness. Number three is mentorship. Number four is typically what we refer to as the, the work that's kind of around the mentorship piece. Uh, the next one is emergence. That's when the, you're starting to develop a level of mastery. And the final step is mastery at the level of mastery. If you're doing what I believe the faith calls you to do, once you reach the level of mastery, it's your job to go back and hand out lifelines, those many people who want to accept them, mm-hmm. who want to accept them, not ones that you want to accept or you want to bring with you. You can right. give a lifeline out to everybody. It's your job to work with those that grab a hold of the, lo- grab a hold of the rope. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the seven levels of life mastery is kind of like the hierarchy of the transition of transforming yourself from the inside out. Everything from becoming, taking inventory, becoming immediately aware, all the way to the mastery stage of a specific piece. You'll repeat that stair, the seven levels, repeatedly over the course of your life. As a result, by the time you get to the stage in life where we're at, you're going to find that you have a yearning. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a yearning. It's not, I've tried to lay down this, this thought leadership stuff probably four or five times. Mm -hmm. And it always finds me. Yeah. Right. It always, it's always like, no, I find, I gave it away. I gave it up for a year and a half. I found myself at a coffee shop and then meeting somebody one time, one-on-one, and then watching them get wrecked and, and transform their life in a 30-minute conversation. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Right. And then you go and then you go and get on stages and then you see that that happen in 10 people's lives, a hundred people's lives, a thousand people's lives. And you're like, I can't hide this. Right. If I hide this, I'm doing a disservice to the world. Right. Now, so I think it's a natural evolution of becoming, right? Right. A servant-minded leader, a servant-minded um, impactor, if you will. I'll also cognizant that if you get in that, if you try to get up there and serve too early, then it ends up becoming about you and not about them. Yeah. Um, what I've learned now is even when I go to speak is it's, I did this, uh, I did, spoke at an event for a good friend of mine, Amberly Lago. Um, I had this entire presentation set up. I was going to give you this, you know, killer, you know, killer keynote. Um, three minutes before I get on stage, I feel something in my spirit says, oh, no, you need to talk about this. Yeah. Scrapped it all. Literally, stay, I, I literally just had three slides the entire time. Brought a, a, a big brick on stage and talked about focus and intensity and then, uh, and then kind of like some of the construction stuff that kind of come up. I say all of that as a long-winded answer to say, if you'll do the work now, you'll receive the benefit of doing the work now and you'll create the yearning to do the, to do the work for other people or do the work <laughs> with other people. So I think yeah. it's a natural trajectory of people who have been through difficult things to get to a point where the difficult things no longer own them, but they own the difficult things and the lessons they learned to then give it to the world. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's, that's so powerful. And, and, you know, kind of going back to the one thing you said when you had, um, when you were, when you were talking about when you try and help people, they need to take the line too. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, those are, there's elements of that from, you know, from, Recovery and Alcoholics Anonymous. Dude, I, I wasted where so I, much yeah. time trying to help people that didn't want the help. It's exactly. not even funny. Yeah, it's no, it's so true. Yeah, I mean yeah. that it, it it that's the thing about anybody that ha wants to get help. There are two types of people out there. There are the people that when a hand is brought down, they try and pull it down with them, or mm -hmm. there's the people that take the hand and and want to help themselves up. Yeah, and you have to be willing. And I love love that part of it, and um and and it's so important. And so is that, uh, so with Scoggins International, I mean, you started with, you know, building a construction company and mm -hmm. built that up to a very, very successful business. And then you made a big pivot to media, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a unique pivot. Is, was that the nature of, of... Well, I don't see, I don't, here's the crazy thing is I don't know how unique it was. Somebody yeah. gave me a correlation I'll, and I'll share with you in a minute. Um, yeah. The construction industry specifically, it taught me how to use my hands and then use my head, then use my heart. Okay? Yeah. I also learned that my construction company is not a construction company. It's actually a personal development company masquerading as a construction company. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I believe that any business that's positioned that way is going to have a better team culture as well as a lot better success. Okay. I mm. found myself as I would learn things, I would teach them to my team and it tend to benefit the entire team. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. The construction company finally got to a place where most of my influence 
was not needed as much because it was out of the entrepreneurial startup stage. Okay. I am by nature a visionary, more visionary than anything else. Okay. Mm-hmm. At a certain point in time, the visionary has to take two steps back and let his integrators and his operators take take the reins to build things correctly and safely where every, no one gets hurt around the thing. And yes. then the visionary gets to go start new things, okay? Um, when I took the content that I'd been teaching myself and then teaching my team, I realized that it was actually benefiting uh, them, their spouses, and their families. And I was like, well, wait a minute. If this works for them, then maybe this works for other people. And I like serving people, I like helping people, so let's do that, okay? So we created what used to be called the Journey Principles, and we rebranded as the Scoggins International probably two years ago. And I discovered something else by accident. Um, as you know, I, I have a live event studio, and we do free live events. We do paid live events. We do all kinds of live events because live events help me change my life. So I'm, I'm yeah. a big believer in live events and speakers and, and whatnot. And I realized that there are a lot of mission-driven messengers, as uh, to coin a phrase from one of our uh, uh, mutual friends, Rory Vaden, that he talks about all the time that have yet to be discovered. Mm-hmm. I personally believe that some of the most powerful voices that people need to listen to haven't been discovered yet or aren't notable yet. And I believe you're going to watch a, a huge batch of the would-be gurus fall away while you watch a would, while you watch developing guides begin to take stages and center stages because the difference of the heart is, of course, closely aligned. Mm-hmm. So as a result, I created a media portion of our company that actually helps create media resources for people that I believe can change the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. core message. Right. Right. Uh, obviously, you're one of those people. The second thing we had that I accidentally discovered was is that we're so good at events that we were able to attract some some A-listers into some of their book launches. And when we did that, we did the event almost like a favor, like for some of our mutual friends and stuff like that. And like. At this, at that level, like if you screw up, like you're toast, right? You, right, know, you either right. have to, you either have to knock it out of the park or fall apart. It's, it's, those are your two options. Yeah, we were very fortunate. We were able to knock it out of the park for this particular launch, and I had this rich, I had this other interesting epiphany. I was like, you know what? I actually enjoyed doing that, and I wasn't even one of the core speakers on the stage, right? Yeah, yeah. but I enjoyed putting together all the details so much so that the thought leader was able to come in, fly in on his jet come take the stage, bring his friends in. They all spoke. We all had a great time and they hopped on a plane and left. So we prepared it. We, we produced it. We shot it. We did all of it. We edited it. We, all of that kind of stuff. And we even cleaned up after the fact, after everybody left. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I discovered that I love live events doing for other people just as much as we like doing for ourselves. Okay. So that's, that's the, that's the other lane. And then there's the third piece of Scoggins International. That's very much who I am, which is the empowering education. Mm-hmm. I believe that what the world needs more than anything else is thought leaders who believe light and love and hope and empowerment and encouragement and inspiration. I believe that all of them should take the stage right now more than anything else in the world because there's so much darkness, so to speak. And I say darkness as in lack of hope, unfulfillment, unworthiness, unloveness, um, issues with race, issues with hate. Is- like that stuff, like, if we have enough people that radiate light, love, and, and compassion to stand up and speak boldly, mm-hmm. then we can change the world. Now, yeah. one person can't do it alone, but enough voices saying the same thing in similar different, similar or different ways, but aimed in the same direction creates a megaphone, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's where the empowering education comes from. So we'll, you know, we do Unstoppable Startup, which is where I help six-figure entrepreneurs build eight-figure empires. 
We have Transform You Live, which is all about life mastery and kind of helping you level up. We have Level Up Live, which is my which is my heart. That's that's the free event that I love giving to the audience because they they have no clue they're coming to a free event. They're like, I would have paid like a thousand dollars to be here. Right. I'm like, well, next time you can, <laughs> kind of thing. So. You know, that's kind of the, so that, that's the heart behind Scoggins International. Scoggins International is designed to be a megaphone for hope. Yeah, no I, I, lo- I love that message. I mean, that's a, that's such a powerful message that we need right now because I, I'm with you. I mean, the, the dark, I mean, whether or not there's more dark in the world right now or the, the messages, it's certainly amplified. Mm-hmm. And and that darkness is amplified through social, through all, all, yep. all sorts of different media. But the messages that we share. good yeah. people aren't standing up. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I talked about this in an earlier podcast that that it's hard to stand up when you're to be an optimist because it is so easy to be a cynic in this world. It is so easy to and, and lazy. Again, to be, yeah, that's a choice. Yes. Yeah. Right? right. I choose to believe that what I do matters. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah. I have evidence to prove that what I do matters. Yeah. Okay? I would dare say that every person I'm associated with also has evidence to prove that what they do matters. I just want them to say what I do matters. Yeah. Because if I yeah. can get them to agree and say what I do matters, then they're going to go out and do great things in the world. And with enough of us out there doing work that matters, all of yeah. a sudden we create a movement that matters and people's lives are better because of it. Yes. And I fully, I fully accept that at certain times there'll be a drastic amount of pushback because there's, there seems to be forces that are trying to suppress and oppress mm-hmm. at the same time. I believe that they're more barked than bite. And I believe, mm-hmm. again, if I get enough people to stop being afraid of doing work that matters and putting good into the world, over time, you will overtake that darkness. Yeah, yeah. That is so, so good and, and such, a, such a great message. And the media that you're putting out on, on social, on YouTube, on the Unstoppable podcast, which is incredible and it's, it's attracting – I know it's attracting – Many, 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 many listeners, and uh, I mean, just the work you're doing is is incredible. Uh, I had the opportunity to be on 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 your stage again to do that that demo reel and join many of these people that you're inspiring to to put their messages out there and amplify those messages. And I'm so so grateful for that. Can you uh, and you know, with regard to the unstoppable startup program that you you know you shared about um, that that's helping entrepreneurs build the eight figure businesses and even start their own kind of process to build to that megaphone mm-hmm. that you're building. Yeah. Um, can you share a bit a bit about that and how people can find it and get a hold of it? Oh gosh, well technically it's a secret. We haven't yeah. released. Oh, it, it. is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we did a, we did a taping in August of uh, yeah. 2022 for the online Unstoppable Online that um, will launch, I think, in August. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 2023. Um, it's designed to be a low cost resource because if, if again, if I think back to the entrepreneur that I was, mm-hmm. every dollar mattered. And I wasn't, I wasn't against buying training, but if the training was effective, then I saw it as a waste. So what I've done is I've taken 25 years of experiences and frameworks and processes and systems, and I've laid them out in a module by lesson. Like literally, it's like over 40, I think 47 hours of content total mm-hmm. that all you have to do is watch a video, take action, watch the next video, take action, watch the next video, take action. And then recently, what we're doing, at least for the first years, I'm actually going to jump in uh, to a lot of our, our community groups and actually teach them one-on-one. So oh, it's fantastic. a lot of different cool things that we're doing. Uh, the easiest way to do it is just keep your eye on stephenscoggins.com. 
for for the actual release. Uh, we'll we'll do a soft release, obviously, a little ahead of time, so we can get some folks to help us break the system. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then uh, worst case scenario, you know, you can always find me on Instagram, which is where I spend most of my time. Yeah, and there and there's a ton of value on it's on on Stephen's Instagram. Um, which, uh, which is amazing. I mean, lots of, lots of stage time, lots of, lots of gold nuggets dropped there. And if you go to stevenscoggins.com, I, I found this really cool. He's got a timeline of his real story, which, you know, shows kind of where he came from, where he is now and how he's developed. And it's truly inspirational. I mean, Steven's got an incredibly inspirational, uh, story and, um, and yes, yeah, so they can find you on Instagram. That's at, uh, Steven Scoggins, right? Yeah. And- Steven Scoggins. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, Steve, I'm verified. So it's, it's, it's the only Steven Scoggins with a blue check mark. Yeah. Um, I fo- fortunately finally got that nailed down so I could stop having people impersonate me trying to sell Bitcoin to everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was um, I want to touch back on the, um, the inspirational story side. Yeah. Um, I share my story as not to be an inspiration, but to be a beacon of light so you can create your own inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that your story is just as strong as my story. The only difference is we're talking to different people. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I can get, right. if I can be vulnerable and transparent and be honest about where I came from, where my backstory was, the mistakes that I made and the doofus stuff I did. And I've made doofus, I've made stupid decisions with zeros. I've mentioned that several times. And then my hope is that you will have the courage to be authentic and open and honest and transparent because that's what people gravitate towards. People don't, people stop are not gravitating towards fancy cars and houses and airplanes. And if they do, it's, it's, it's not for very long. Mm-hmm. Right. Your, right. your journey has to have meaning, and the only way you give it meaning is by being authentic with yourself and then authentic with people around you. That's such a great, great message, and, and thank you for, for sharing your message because it is so important, and it's, 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 helping, you know, it's helping millions, and I'm grateful for, for oh, all you, that man. you do, Stephen. And, um, and thank you for inspiring me uh, because I was lucky enough to meet you in my book, like Launch Process, by being able to be on your show, meeting you through brand builders, meeting, getting on the stage with brand amplifiers, and uh, and it's just been such a blessing to meet you. And I'm grateful for you uh, uh, showing me some light in this world and showing the world light. And thank you for for joining Bro. me. Find Stephen at stephenscoggins.com. Follow him there. Follow him on Instagram. And uh, thanks for being here, Stephen. I really appreciate it. Love you, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I love you too, man. Thank you, and thank you all for joining us today. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do, and I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.